back with Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Beat in the city, baby. Come on, man. DMV. Come on, man. You got to go to a rec center in Capitol Heights, Maryland to get this kind of girl. Yeah. Ah. I, thought oh. you, I, I knew you would know that. Look, look, look. You run the East Mercer would have been in the club, and they'd have played one song for like 48 minutes. He <laughs> <laughs> said, be careful who you ask to dance with, because you're going to have to dance with her for 48 minutes. At a minimum. Dang. Keith, is that true? Uh, that's probably true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the ticket. It's 93.7. I'm Rashawn Jackson, the captain. We're talking to my friend, my brother, Killer Keith Mercer. Kill. What's going on, BJ? Keith, Killer Keith Mercer, where did the name come from, first of all? Um, the, the name came from, um, so I grew up in uh, Washington, Southeast Washington, D.C., Capitol Heights, Maryland, which was known as the murder capital of the world at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it helped develop my mindset at an early age, man. And one of my um, uh, teammates in junior college, um, at McGurmy College in junior college, um, did a little background on me and saw me play, and he was like, oh, man, that dude is a killer right there. So that's where the name uh, originated. It's just my mindset um, and not letting things um, stop me. I thought it was because you had that that mean left hook, being that, oh, that I, being that the great one. Ray Mercer is your cousin. Uh, uh, he's my uncle. Uh, uncle is no even deeper. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, we def- we definitely you know we 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 good with our hands on the East Coast in DC. So Mercer, good with. Mercer went to 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 Second Chance University. That's that's if you go to if you go to if you go to the that JC, you go to Montgomery. This is where yes, a sir. whole lot of cats went to get right. And you didn't yes, get sir. you didn't get that other opportunity. So some of the best ballers on the East Coast ended up at that JUCO to get the academics right and to get the life right and learn how to live outside of DC. We got an yes, encyclopedia sir. in your head or something? Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm that dude. Yeah, yes, sir. I'm that dude. I told you, man. This dude, <laughs> man, I don't know about him, man. I don't know where he's from. I don't know who dropped him in here, no, no, but no. boy, he, he Mer- is. Mercer, so he just, uh, he, to be clear, so I'm I'm older, but I grew up in Arlington, Virginia, so I was right there in Green Valley, so everybody from Capitol Heights knows about Green Valley, because that's where, yes, where all the folks are. Them where the real folks from, right? <laughs> right? So we understand. <laughs> D.C. is just a byproduct of what happens between Green Valley and Capitol Heights, Maryland. Okay. All right, right. Yes, <laughs> two, two East Coast boys linking back up again. How about it? Hey, I didn't even, yes, I didn't even sir. get it out good that you was coming on, Keith, and he was already knew everything about you. And I was like, how does that even happen? I, I'm thinking I'm surprising everybody in the state. <laughs> BP sitting right next to me, going, going in on just about. I, you know, I said I don't know where he's from for a high school. Next thing I know, DP know everything. Well, Bladensburg is, see, Bladensburg is his own universe anyway. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt, yes, sir. The Mustangs, baby. Go yes, Mustangs. yes. Come on, yeah. BJ. 
you can't play with me. Hey, Keith Mercer. So, <laughs> so Keith, we're we going to start out. We're going to start a little different, okay? Because I had Coach okay. McBride on, and what I, what I did with Coach McBride is I was just throw a name at him. And, 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 and I think, I hope that Coach McBride, I know I, we, we kind of been texting back and forth. I think we're going to get a part two of Coach McBride, which will be very, very good. But we're just going to play a game called Definitions. Yeah. Okay? And I'm going to say a word, and then you define it. Yeah. You ready? I'm born ready. Mentality. Uh, mentality is your, is your work ethic. It's your attitude. It's your mindset. Turning your mentality into your, your mindset into your mentality. It's what you do every day. It's your purpose in life. That's what it should be, your purpose in life. Number two, harmony. Um, you know, harmony is coming together, being a good teammate, um, being able to accept the roles that you have, you know, inclusion, being able to include everybody, seeing everybody for the values that they have. Hard work. Yeah, you get out of life what you put into it. I mean, it's just that simple. You get out what you put into it. Stop the complaining and continue to work. Attitude. Attitude is everything. Your attitude will control your altitude. I mean, every situation ain't going to be in your favor. But that don't mean you can't turn it into your favor. You just got to have a positive attitude no matter what. Belief. The best person to believe in you is you. You got to believe in yourself. Once you get to that point where you believe in yourself, then you just open all kinds of doors for yourself and for your future. You got to believe in you. You don't need help to believe in you. Commitment. Be a man of your word. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Be committed to the process. But you got to understand, you got to love the process of working hard, not just the word working hard. You can't just be committed. You got to understand and love the process of the commitment. Determination. Can't let anything stop you. I mean, I'm living proof of that. Man, I came from the murder capital world. People say I'll be dead by 21. So you, you just got to keep working hard, tunnel vision, stay focused, and keep moving forward. Effort. Give 110%. Listen, it don't matter what the scoreboard say. What matters is did you give your best that day. Unlimited effort. 110%. What you wasn't going to do is outwork me, period. Mm. Role player. Um, understanding the, as the aspect of a team, because um, we have teams even in, in your household, education, athletics, play your role. There's always something to gain in every situation. It's good to be a role player. Relationships. I'm seeing people for who they are, treating people like you want to be treated. Understand that people come into your lives for a reason. Um, and uplifting people. We build more relationships. The world will be a better place. Leadership. Uh, lead by action. You know, a lot of people want to lead verbally. No, lead by your action. A leader's best asset is who else did he lead? Did he help somebody else become a leader? Uplift people, rise people up. Service. We got to give back. You know, it's, it's very important 
And this is one of the things that we've always shared, man. Somebody helped us. So we got to give back. And that could be a kind word, saying hi, you know, uplifting somebody because you never know what somebody's going through. So we got to give back. We got to serve. When we leave this earth, it don't matter what we have. It's who we help. Who would we help serve? Developing champions. People think the mindset of you were born to be a champion. No, you wasn't. Being a champion is something that's developed. You develop being a champion by your work ethic, your attitude, your beliefs. You got to buy into the fact that I want to be a champion. You got to want to be it. But you got to be surround yourself with people that can help take you to that next level. There you got it from, from Killer Keith Mercer, Definitions. Keith, we're going to take it to a quick little break, but when we get back, we're going to talk about Make Scout Team Great Again. When we get back, yes, it's sir. the captain, the ticket, 93.7. Back with Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. That's right. Some of us started from the bottom, and now we're here. But it's the ticket, 93.7, the captain show for Sean Jackson. I'm talking to Keith Mercer. Uh, Keith. Yes, sir. How do we make? Scout team great again. You know, I think, again, it's, it's the mindset. It's the mindset of developing um, champions, man. I, you know, when we look at the at scout team nowadays, I think it, it's kind of a slap in the face. I don't think people understand that it's a blessing and a privilege to be on scout team. It's a blessing and a privilege to put that hat in on your helmet. It's more than just a, a university. Um, you got to compete, man. We, we used to compete. It don't matter what, what team you on. You competed. And that's the lost art now. People are satisfied with just wearing a jersey. Oh, I'm on scout team. No, that's not good enough. You got to compete. Because here's the reality. The best way to show the coaches as well as your peers what you can do is in your performance. Now, if you wasn't in that top two, then you can show it on scout team. You can show it against the top units. We got to get back to competing. You got to compete. So not just sit sit back and 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 have a pity party and say where you where you not at and then get into the transfer portal because maybe your first year, your second year you're not playing where you want to be playing. You know, you're saying continue to compete even when it don't look good. And, you know, and that's, you know, the best times when we look back in our lives and we look at when we made our biggest gains, it was against adversity. You know, ad- adversity is the resistance we need to grow. So let's get it. You strap that uniform up, man, let's go get it. Let's go compete. Period. I mean, when when we was there, man, on scout team, VJ, and listen, we had the best in everybody. Everybody's state, we had the best. So you couldn't go in and say, well, I deserve this. Man, listen, you deserve your actions. How about that? Get out there and compete. Go compete. 
competing Period. competing on scout team against the black shirts, if you could go against – and Coach McBride said this. If you can go against all of these All-Americans day in, day out, what does that say about you? Exactly. What, exactly. what does that say about the guys who go to practice every single day? And back then we ran 170 plays in one day at practice. Nobody was sitting around. Everybody was doing something. And you yeah. had black shirts that were menacing as they come. They would knock your head off if they got an opportunity yep. to. And then you had you had an offensive line that, that all they wanted to do was eat. So you had two sides of the ball, not to mention special teams. I mean, it seemed like we were going live on special teams. The only thing you didn't do was take the ball carrier down. Everything else was and, and live. Exactly. I mean, I think that our games was won in practice. I mean, let's just be realistic. When we got to games, it was a practice because we our teams was just so dominant uh, because we was used to competing. When all you know is competing and working hard, that's all you know. You are what you continuously do. That's all we knew. And it got heated. I mean, boy, did it. <laughs> and we know that. Things got heated. Yeah, it, I mean, if it didn't get heated in practice, you ain't doing nothing. If, it, if you don't, if you're not, <laughs> and I'm not saying you got an all-out fist-to-cuff fight. But if, if no you don't get a little bit chirpy, a little bit nippy out there, you know, a little bit of pushing and so, uh, close to coming to fisticuffs, then I don't think you're playing at a high level because when two men are playing at a high level, man, they it's so high that some, some type of spark is going to fly. The spark yeah. is definitely going to fly. And that's the level of um, mentality. We talked about mentality. That's the level of hard work. That's the level of attitude. That's the commitment. That's how determined we have to be. We got to yeah. become role players. We, Nebraska had role players. I love talking about the others. I love talking about the guys who were on scout team, you know, the the, the Smatticky brothers. Yeah. Who, <laughs> who gave us a look every chance they got. Wasn't the biggest guys, but you know what? You was going to get everything you got out of Smatticky, and they wasn't going to quit. That's right. Period. You know, and so I, I just I look at that time and I say that can be brought back to this time. It's just going to take the people who understand it to bring it back. Ain't no question. When we talk about Keith Mercer, first, before we do that, let's go to the text line. Soderham and text line, if you want to get your text in, talking to Keith Mercer, uh, 464-5685. And you can also call us and, and chirp in on the Honda Lincoln hotline. Same exact number. Jan Lincoln says, you know the problem. The younger generation is listening to you right now and rolling their eyes. That's the problem. <laughs> Why don't you yeah. get some of these kids on the air and challenge them with some of these points of view and questions? Ask them directly what the problem is. I, 100% I mean, agree. I, listen. At the end of the day, I say this all the time, that the person that's signing the checks, that's making the calls, that's doing the this, that, and the third. Now, we can go and do that. I don't want to put young men on the spot in public. I would rather be able to mentor them in private. And yeah. then and then I can get more of their attention, Jay, to details 
we can get more of the guys in the room in the intimate and build, we talked about this, relationships. I can service those young men. But if I just get them on the radio station, throw them under the bus, they're not going to trust me. But if I'm at practice, if I'm at the games, if I'm talking to them when practice is over and they had a horrible practice and loving up on them, I think they'll learn to trust and they'll learn to to have more of a uh, respect for the old school. That's a short segment real quick, Kill, Keith Mercer. Yeah. But when we come back, we'll talk about the Mercer elite. We'll talk about the training that you're doing. We'll talk about what yeah. you got going. Okay? Yeah, when we get back, it's yeah. the ticket, 93.7. This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Ah, yeah! Nick, you, you, can't, you can't keep playing this. Every time we play it, you got to get going. Every time this song is played, the, the You know what? We have not done a single time today. What? Push-ups. You haven't done push-ups in three or four days. You're right, but we, we got to hold been each doing other my, accountable. I've tried to, but you just give me the cold shoulder. Oh, and you be like, no, true. V, don't even... I got too much going today, V. We, we I'm not trying to do it. We haven't done them today. I was getting well, ready to do them today, but you weren't doing it, so I was like, nah, no, nah, not gonna. You already didn't. You already didn't. You, you petered out three <laughs> days ago. You you are three hundred push-ups down. See <laughs> add, what happens. Add it to the list. See what happens. See add it to the list. That's the attitude. <laughs> just roll see, it over. See, just roll it over. See what happens <laughs> when you start compounding interest. Okay, <laughs> it starts adding more. And more and more. Before you know it, it's it's so much. You like, dude. I owe eight hundred pushups. I'm probably just gonna say forget it. And then it, and then Bingo. it's out the door. No, Bingo. no. I'm just I'm holding you a segue. Since you said something on the radio, VJ, I'm holding you accountable from here on out. VJ, I'm just creating a perfect segue for you and Keith, man. I, that's not because I got I see Keith, I see Keith, but I I I, I don't I don't see him like I see you every day. <laughs> Right. And, and I can only imagine if we did the push-ups. Listen, if you're listening to me and you want to get in shape and you're a guy and you're over 40 or even over 50. Is this a commercial? Is this a yes. testosterone commercial? Yes. Or what are we working on to here? To build your testosterone, <laughs> what you need to do is do 100 push-ups daily. And if you do 100 push-ups daily, guess what? Your girlfriend, your wife will love you because in about two months, your body's going to be different. You'll be in the mirror flexing and acting as if. You know, you worked out for months in the weight room. That's how it works. That's all I used to do, okay? High school, I hated doing I hated working out. Absolutely hated it. But my, I, I would do push-ups and sit-ups, though, because that was my body weight. And, and if you can control your body, normally you can control, you know, whatever sport you're playing. Keith Mercer. Yes, sir. What's up? You came in. Let's talk about how you made it to Nebraska before we talk about, 
your elite yeah. camp because I think the journey to get there is more important than, than you being there now because you had to go through some things. You had was yeah. trial by fire. So take us back to junior high school and um, start I went there. To a, uh, I went to a junior high in Maryland. Um, so Maryland schools were known to have uh, better education. So I went to a junior high school in Maryland. Um, I was surrounded by, man, so much violence, uh, poverty, drugs. Um, but I needed something different. I wanted something different. Um, people told me that I, I, again, I, nobody where I'm from would be able to do anything. Um, who are you? Man, I was told I couldn't play quarterback. I I was too black. I had a school tell me I was too black to play quarterback. That They couldn't have a black quarterback um in their in their program so I, I just used that motivation and growing up seeing death around me i just used it as as positive motivation so i don't see negative situations getting back to that mentality thing i see opportunities to grow that's what i see you know i'm, I'm so thankful for um it's amazing how god works things out man today is thursday thursday's a very special day for me um growing up Thursdays was the day that the city would open the fire hydrant. So Thursdays was the day that I knew I was going to have a bath, man. I knew I was going to have some water, you know. So you was so, out yeah, there Thursday, you was out there jumping around in the water, taking taking you a shower. Yeah, they, everybody else thought you was jumping around, but you was really uh, getting you a good shower, you know. Oh, man, ain't no question. And listen, we was competitive about that. Man, I was getting it in. They had no soap. But as long as that water hit my body, I was good. Right. I was good. So you, um, you, you junior high, you go get to high school. Ended up, uh, so in high school, man, I just, I had a coach that believed in me, that a lot, that gave me the model because I believed in myself to play quarterback. I ended up being the best quarterback. Um, uh, and Coach uh, Solis, man, he thought I had one of the best two-way highlight tapes, to, um, you know, at Nebraska. As far as, um, you know, my skill set, ended up going to Bladensburg um, from Capitol Heights, which is man, 20 minutes away. I could have went to three other schools. But they shipped me to Bladensburg, ended up high school All-American quarterback. Um, and I believe I still got the national record for interceptions. I had 12 picks my senior year on defense, and quarterback was actually my primary uh, position. Didn't get grades. My grades were bad. No one – Man, DJ, I, no one told me, man, that I needed to have test scores to go to college. I I didn't know about college honestly until probably the end of my junior year. Was your dad? Was your dad in your life? My dad was definitely in my life, man. My dad was a big influence, man. I listen. I didn't want to disappoint my dad. I mean, that was another reason why um, I stayed away from everything. Because listen, you ain't want to see him. You ain't want to come home and see him, and you got into something. You know, just that fear of my dad, man, is is what helped me to, um, you know, stay out of trouble. My dad was in my life. But, again, man, my dad was working all the time. He was a carpenter, so he just took on, you know, whatever jobs was available. Um, ended up going to my principal said, Keith, um, you got to take the SAT. Man, I took the last SAT you can take, the last one. Not knowing um, you should have been taking all of them. Exactly. And then, not to mention, I, I thought 
I, high school education growing up was when in doubt, put C. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know that. That is a trick. It's a deductive point. So I just answered it. I went back and answered every question. Needed a 700 to go D1, got a 690. Just answering C. Just answering C. That's what I did. That was my go-to move. So Ended you, up not getting test, test school, so I had to go to JUCO. Which, you, that's when you JUCO. go to Montgomery. So I went to Montgomery College, Junior College in Rockville, man. Went up there. I was the first freshman to start at Montgomery College. Went up there and dominated. I mean, man, I was playing in championships before I even, before I even got to Nebraska. I just always had that championship mindset. That, oh. that just was just relentless. But when you went to JUCO, to though, away. you weren't playing quarterback anymore. You were playing uh, corner safety, right, at that point? So, yeah, I ended up uh, playing strong safety in junior college. Um, I mean, I was told I was told right away, man, I wouldn't be able to play quarterback at my junior college, even though the quarterback, the third best quarterback in the area, was uh, ended up playing quarterback at Montgomery College. But, you know, I had that, that defensive mentality anyway, man. I'm, I just wanted to light people up. You wasn't, it was just disrespectful to come to cross my face. Hence the, the name field. Killer Keith Mercer. You know, everything was personal, man. I took it personal. Okay, so you Juco, you, you guys played Coffeeville for the championship. So we played Coffeeville in the National Championship in um, Union State, Union High School Stadium in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Talk about how many guys that was on that team that went to Nebraska that was affiliated with this game. Um, it was it was actually so I met a couple of couple of other guys, man, when I, that I came in. Um, Eric Offord was in JUCO at mm-hmm. the time. He was nice. Um, Toby Wright. Toby came in with me to Nebraska, was in JUCO. That was nice. Um, Kareem had, had came in, you know, through JUCO. Uh, I met uh, – Tomich. So, all of us had came in. Tomich came in. Um, in that Prop 48 class at Nebraska, and Tyrone Williams was with us at that Tyrone Prop 48 Williams. class. Yeah. Prop, uh, talk about – talk. who else? Clint Childs? Clint Giles was, came out of that class, too. CC. Shout out to Clint Childs, man. The, the, one of the toughest dudes, if not the toughest dude on the team. One of them. Man, listen, ain't, ain't no question and didn't get enough credit, man. Didn't get enough credit for that. I told him that, and it, it, I, I don't know if I choked him up or what, but I told him, man, I appreciate him helping me to be tough. Uh, without a doubt. So, and we shared the same number at Nebraska, man. I mean, again, we were guys, man, like yourself, that – we relished, man, and we cherished every opportunity, man. We had no problem playing scout team. What's a scout team? <laughs> for the for the you people know? that like Nick, that that's a little bit younger, and when we talk about Prop Forty Eight, what was that life like? You know, it was again, it was it was another opportunity, man. We couldn't be with the team. Um, you know, we we practiced um, away from the team um, under the stadium. Um, you know, we got to to come in and develop to see what, you know, what that was, what Nebraska football really was. It was a beautiful thing, man. We came in and, and every listen, we wanted to dominate. We weren't satisfied with, with where we was at, and we competed. You know, some people got, you know, better opportunities, I'll say, but 
you know, it, it's all about playing your role, playing your part. You know, everybody everybody can't be LeBron. Everybody can't be Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? So everybody uh, played their role, man. To It was a blessing, man, to be a part of the, that developmental championship run. You know, it was a blessing. Well, I, I mean, so we fast forward. Uh, who came to recruit you? What did they say? Who was it, and what did they say? What what, what happened? So, so I had a I had a it was Coach Solich. He recruited our area. Um, so Coach Solich and Dave Gillespie um, was in was was kind of like my you know my people. Um, so Coach Solich had came and he was recruiting another one of my wide receivers in high school, uh, Dwayne Wilde. Shout out to Dwayne D. Wiles. D. Wiles, where is he at? Tennessee now? He's at Tennessee. Okay, yeah. okay. University He's of Tennessee. He's in charge of the Alumni Association in Tennessee. So, Dwayne Wiles, man, was – so I ended up going to junior college. Um, you know, Coach Solis, I came to um, talk a little bit, but he was recruiting um, – had recruited Dwayne. And, man, I just remember Dwayne came back home after a year in Nebraska, man, and he was different. I'm talking about, first of all, like you said earlier, you say, man, we didn't do no lifting in high school, man. All I did was push up, sit up, dips, and pull up. That's it. And curls, and for, the, and curls for the girls. We just ran. I mean, I we didn't have it. I mean, we had one machine in the weight room that, that turned into five machines. And then you talking about, man, a thousand kids, man. I was like, nah, I'm going to miss me with that weight room. But you are, <laughs> you are going to outwork me, though. Um, so he came back, man. He was looking good, talking good. He looked healthy. Um, and then he, he said, yeah, man. He said, you know, you should, you should really be thinking about Nebraska when I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking that next, that next step. Honestly, I just wanted to go to the league, man. I, I felt like I knew I was good enough to go to the league in, in Juco, mm-hmm. but you know, it, the process doesn't work that way. So I just like, just ended up getting in touch. My coach ended up getting in touch with coach Solitz. And um, sent my highlight tape, man, and they was just like, man, listen, let's go. <laughs> so I came, I came to Nebraska, man, with a, with a suitcase, and a little, it really was a duffel bag and a sleeping bag. And I'm like, let's get it. Wow, that, that's that's 1992. Yes. So you there for you there in 1992, uh, scout team, pre- pre- presumably, right? Right. But but defensive and, scout team though, right? So yeah, I was on defensive scout team then. I ended up um yeah, switching in. Well most people didn't realize, man, I actually even coming out of JUCO, man, I had to get up at five AM in the morning and drive to Southeast Beatrice because I actually got my AA degree from there. Mm. I ended up having to drive to Southeast um and go to school and then be back in time for, you know, that two o'clock meeting. So, I had to do that for a semester. So we get to 1993. Um, we we got a young Lawrence Phillips, young all these young guys that's coming in. Leslie Dennis, Rashawn Jackson, Eric Anderson, Freddie Pollock. You got a, a, a pretty doggone decent class. Lance Brown, a bunch yeah. of guys that came into that 1993 fold, which the majority of us, with the exception of I think two people, redshirted, which would have been Lawrence Phillips and Leslie Dennis. Yeah. Scout team was our life. We lived it. We loved it. We played it. Yeah. How did it come about that when we got ready to go to the bowl game, 
and you gotta you gotta keep in mind we 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 always get to the bowl game and Florida just out does everything us, but we get to the bowl game, we're going to bowl game practice. What happens to you before right before we go to the bowl game? Um, so uh, then we was having some some issues with injuries, and I remember a coach came to me, man, and I uh, said that they needed me to go play quarterback. So I ended up um, switching and and playing quarterback. They wanted me to be uh, to implement, you know, implement just to show them a good look on Charlie Ward um, because they, you know, they thought we had some similar skill sets. Um, so yeah, I was asked to go play quarterback again, man. Accepting my role, you know, I accepted my role and I ended up going and scout team and playing quarterback. And it was good. No, I, yeah. I mean you you totally came out of nowhere. Where we was thinking, why ain't Killer Keith playing quarterback? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, pretty nice yeah. at quarterback. Probably should be playing quarterback. I uh, yeah, I I agree, man. I was I was really nice at, at at quarterback, man. I always had a always had a great arm. I could run. I was always a leader. I was articulate, you know, and I was able to make people laugh in those critical situations where most people were fold. Um, and, and uh, you know, and I, I was so good at quarterback because I could throw rocks, man. You could not, you couldn't throw a rock better than me. That's what you learned, like, so, throwing yeah. them rocks. Huh? You used to skip them in the water and all that good stuff. Oh, man, Skipping I'd rocks. Skip you, them in you water. Was, a, was you a man, three I'd or four throw, step skip guy? I throw them at people, man. Listen, you couldn't play dodgeball with me at recess. Oh boy, you had that. Man, laser. I was lighting people up. <laughs> <laughs> you had that laser on you. Huh? What? Oh yeah. What? So it's ninety three. You're Charlie Ward. We play. We come up short. Get back. What happens? So ended up. Um, I'm thinking. Had you know, had our little um, talk with our coach at the end. Um, our exit. You know, exit meeting. Um, I was excited going into the next year. Um, had a great meeting with Coach Darlington. Man, all the. You know, the hard work and dedication, you know, he told me, appreciated me that next year I'm going to get to, you know, I'm going to get to do my thing, man. So I remember, I remember like it was yesterday, man, um, Al Patrick and Coach Osborne. NCAA Al, violation? Yep. That, you talking and about Al that, Al? Patrick, okay. um, yeah, Al Patrick was our liaison, NCAA, man, academics. I'm like, here we go. He came in, man, in the NCAA, and I, you know, I still have the letter today, really, and it motiv- it motivates me on, you know, on a thing on, on life, man, and and you know, it just takes. I took on that persona that life ain't fair, but it's what you make it. You know, life ain't fair; it's what you make it. NCAA came in and said that I was ineligible. I had too many credit hours. I've never heard of that. It's one thing to say you you don't have enough. They said I had too many credit hours that I was uh, ineligible, you know, and a lot of people didn't realize. I don't know what they where they thought that what happened to me, man. That's what happened. You know, I was I was ineligible. Now I could afford it, but if I would have lost, man, it would have cost you guys. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So I, I, I kind of I, I like, vaguely man. remember that, but I I do remember thinking to myself, where the heck is kill that? Because it's almost like an NFL shot, you know what I'm saying? Where I remember yeah. being in the NFL, and 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 guys would be like, ah, "I don't want to be your friend just because we become friends, and then you get cut." Now 
I feel bad for you. And then I can't yep. focus on my job. So that's kind of how it felt to me that one day you was there, the next day you was gone. Nobody knew why. So it's good to know 20-something years later kind of the story, yeah. you know, what what happened. And how did you use that to kind of ca- – what you do – 94, 95, 96, 97, throughout those, that time? And what I did, man, I had some, some hard-to-heart talks, man, with um, with God. You know, here I am, man, this inner-city kid from Southeast D.C. Man, came from less than nothing. What's next? But, again, it was that mentality that I developed. I got to keep going. You know, I had them conversations with God, man. Again, the coaching staff, man, you know, Coach Osborne and those guys made sure – um, shout out to Keith Zimmer and Dennis LeBlanc, man. They made sure that I, I you know, continue and finished and got my education, got my degree. Um, and I just asked God, what, what's next? You know, what's next? Man, I remember getting on my knees and praying and just saying, what's next? And I just kept working, man, kept kept working hard. And I was practicing. I was training um, because I just wanted to – all I knew was working out, man. And I wasn't around you guys, man. I – we was a family then, man. We we all had somebody that we hung out to or that we was associated with, and that was taken, man, in the blink of an eye. So then I had to continue. I ended up getting a job at the uh, regional center at nighttime so I could train during the day and just give back and just help, man, just help mentor people, you know, to make the world a better place. When we get back, we're talking, having a candid discussion with Keith Mercer, uh, my friend, my brother, a guy that uh, dedicated his, his his life and his soul to Nebraska football. Might have didn't have the career that some of the bigger names had, but was still an intricate part of the family. So when we get back, we'll talk a little bit about Mercer Academy and more. The ticket, 93.7, the captain. Hey, hey, hey. It's All the gang. Why are we? We learning from each other. Yeah. Gonna have a good time. Hey, hey, hey. Soderhammy text line 464-5685. If you want to get in, you can get in right now. Now's the time to do it. I'm talking to Keith Mercer. Uh, Keith, you have a well just. Just tell the people kind of what you have, Husker Nation. If you want to get if, the, if what you're doing, if they want to get their kids trained, just can they do that? You got a website, kind of just just kind of break down what you're doing. So I um, in 2011 I opened up my own academy called Mercer Elite Athletic Academy, where we empower and we strengthen youth through mental, social, and physical development. Um, so what we do is we, we help our youth have, get the confidence to believe in themselves and to understand you control your destiny. Uh, my model for my academy is we weren't going to be average. Um, yeah, it's athletic training is a part of it, but we also teach it's life skills. Again, believing in yourself, playing your role. Um, since uh, 2011, I've helped uh, 209 guys and girls get athletic scholarships wow. to college. I, I even have um, 
have a quarterback in the NFL right now that nobody knows. Who's the quarterback? Um, Who is the quarterback? Uh, his name is Reed Sennett. What school? So he went to Johnston High School from Johnston, Iowa. He ended up um, playing on the at University of San Diego, the Toros. Um, so who else? Yeah, you got, I mean, though? who else? Who else have you helped? In what college? Like like Iowa, I know you've got a ton of guys over at Iowa. How did well, that happen? I've had guys at a lot of colleges. Well, guys and girls. Um, so I want to make sure that we say that because everybody everybody wants the same thing, man. We all need um, inspiring and, and uplifting. And we need it from people, you know, like yourself, like myself, like Jay, that have been through some things, you know, it's one thing to read out of a book, but then it's another thing to have someone that actually went through the process. So um, we'll, we'll just call that, them, we'll that, call them athletes. Say that again. We'll call them athletes that, that, that'll in group that'll engulf every, yeah, yeah. the guys and the girls that'll engulf everybody, but we'll, we'll call yeah. them athletes. And one of the things that, you know, when you, you're talking about helping them though, you know, helping them mentally, helping them physically and, 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 why did you want to do that? You know, man, I, you know, that's a great question. I, that, you know, I thought my purpose in life was to go play pro ball. I mean, you know, that's, that's what I thought my purpose was. But what, what I realized that God's plan was my purpose was to serve and to help others. So I promised, I promised God, man, but I also promised my mom that no matter what community I go into, I'll do my part. Um, we've been blessed, DJ, to learn and help develop a certain skill set that's transferable in any atmosphere, any any walk of land, whether it's from athletic, business, social, community. And I think it's we're relevant and we want to give back, man. We want to pass on this knowledge to this next generation. I think it's um, important to, to, to touch on that a little bit deeper when we're talking about passing on knowledge, because sometimes we frown upon the nineties players. Oh, we're in the nineties, the nineties, I'm sick of the nineties. But in order to get back to the nineties, you gotta have someone that was there. That's the yeah. one great thing about bringing in Trev Alberts is he yep. knows what it takes to play yeah. at this university. He knows what it takes to be able to yeah. um, uh, uh, raise up uh, athletic department and yeah. make sure he puts it on the back. I mean, I'm 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 just elated. But so you are you training athletes. Um, who are some of the Division One guys you train? Um, um, you want so I got so I got a guy. I got a couple of guys at Iowa, man, that I that I've worked with. Um, uh, John Wagner, which will have a great year this year. He's a starter last year. Uh, Riley Moss, who actually got Big Ten DB of the year last year. What did um, they do against us? I want, I know the big kid, he, he did something at the end of the game. Did either, yeah. What, what did they do against us? Anything? I'm, I'm, um, I, why you didn't send them to Nebraska? <laughs> <laughs> you, we need some ballers, what? man. We need and some get, ballers. And I get, I get asked that question a lot. Um, I don't think that the the door was open for that to happen. Mm. Um, I got I got a guy at, at Houston right now, Elias Bell, that 
listen, he's he going to be playing on Sundays. You'll see John playing on Sundays. Um, I've also, you know, worked with a, with um, with Cluster's son um, on, on just some mentality things, man. Um, you know, his sons are like my sons on just, just that mindset. You know, I get calls every day about just that mindset. Man, I also have an um, Olympic gold medalist. Um, in racquetball, people don't know that. Um, so yeah, I we're, we're dominating. Mercer Elite uh, Athletic Academy is dominating the game of the mindset game. I'm also a motivational speaker. I travel around the country to uplift, inspire, and empower people. Again, I, I use a little bit of that old Husker way with a little bit of the of the new nuances. I mean, listen. When it came to like the weight room stuff, man, nobody was better than us. It just it just wasn't. When you can put that competitiveness in the weight room, you just wasn't better than us. You couldn't win today. How I can look it, at guys doing the game and look at them and tell them, man, you can't win today. How you can't it, win this battle today. How is it that you spent such a short time at Nebraska, yet the things that you learn and the things that you're teaching is so it's 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 ingrained in you deep. How did that happen? Um, you know, I, I came in with an open mindset. Um, we had we had uh, coaches that cared. Um, I've always been smart enough, man, to been a good listener. Um, I think the things that we went through and we've learned um, was was just such a blessing, man. I was able to see everything. Remember, I I actually had both playbooks, so I had the best of both worlds. I mean, I had the offensive playbook and I also had the defensive playbook. So, I mean, I just learned, man. I just learned and I watched, you know, Coach Osborne uh, being a psychology guy. That was the reason why I got a psychology degree. You, you know what I mean? So I learned the study of people, man, and it, it, it was a blessing. You know, I just – I paid attention, man, and I wanted it. I wanted it. What – so it, it, people used to laugh all the time, especially back home when I wasn't playing for those first two years I was on scout team. But during the games, I'll always be standing next to Coach Osborne all the time. So <laughs> so they'd be laughing, talking about, you just standing next to Coach Osborne because you want to get on TV. Well, that's partly right. The other part is I wanted to know what was going on. Exactly. I wanted and to know the, what he was calling. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. You just never know. Somebody could have got hurt or anything could happen. You was ready. Well. Whether or not he would have put me in or not, that's a different story. But I was definitely ready to go do something. But I was ready that's to right. get the knowledge of what Coach Osborne was doing. How was he able to call those plays without using the playbook most of the times? Not that he didn't have yeah. the playbook, but the playbook was in his mind. Yeah. And I patterned myself when I started coaching football and coaching Little League and I was a head coach and director of organizations – and we start winning championships, I ran the exact same offense with little guys. And I figured out that Coach Osborne was a genius. Here's why. Because we would run 43 die pass, two delay flat, and it would tell all 11 guys what to do. It wasn't like the NFL when I got there and you ran two jet flanker drive, YZ over, one bandit. Completely different lingo. Yeah. So he simplified the game for us. Yet, it was, for everybody else on the outside looking in, we had this complex option game. It really wasn't. It was really simplified. We ran the exact same plays out of about 10 different formations. 
Yeah, Period. Two opposite. Two opposite. <laughs> and we went way. two opposite. We went the other way. We were the king at, at, at going the other way. I love the fact that we had the two opposite call. The quarterbacks yeah. had to make that decision. They had to say, okay, <laughs> you can't – they got seven people over here and five over there. We got the same play. If we ran it to the other side because we're in a balanced set, yeah. we're in a balanced set, we can go opposite without <laughs> having to move anybody. Yeah, simple. He, he simplified the game, man, and, and then he, had, he built relationships. I think, you know, his strength was people. You know, he knew how to relate certain things to certain people to, again, make you feel a part of everything. Like you said, even if you wasn't on the field. I mean, I wasn't on that field, but I felt like I was on the field. You, you, you know what I mean? I, I was a part of that. What, and here's here's another thing I do at Coach Osborne. Anytime I'm at a football camp, I'm at a – if I'm coaching football, whether that's Little League or I'm helping with high school, doesn't matter. I'm going to – by the time I leave there, I will have memorized everybody's name. Yeah. And I'm calling them by their name. Or if I gave him a nickname, I might give him a nickname. It just depends on what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I would but I would remember their name. And Coach Osborne remember, if we had 150, 160 players, he remembered everybody's name. Yes, and your parents' names. Amazing. Yes. I mean, again, I, I he was one of the only coaches, man, that talked to me that didn't talk at me. And he was just so personable, man, that you would – when they wanted me to switch to play quarterback, man, of course. You know, it's whatever. Man, I'd have jumped through a window if that's what he wanted me to do. Um, so, yeah, he was able to get everybody to buy in. Because we all had egos, man. Let's be honest. We all was the best from where we was from. You know, so he was able to. Until you got to, to Nebraska. To everybody thought we were all the best until we walked into that field in Nebraska and you figured out real quick, you ain't nowhere near the best. There's 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 scout team players better than you. There's walk on guys better than you, and you got an uphill yeah. climb. And if you're not willing to take the challenge and the Nestle plunge to learn the game, to get stronger, to get faster, to get tougher, then you are going to be a casualty of war. There are yeah. many of those. Go to class. <laughs> go to class. I almost funked yeah. out. I had nobody. Mom wasn't telling me to go to class. She wasn't calling me from Omaha talking about, uh, yeah. are you going to class, son? That didn't happen. You 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 yeah, have to – you, 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 listen, that kind of, that's a great segue into – and I don't know if we want to start this segment yet because here in a minute we're going to have to go to break. But wrap your mind around uh, what does it mean to be a mentality expert. Now, don't don't start now because I know it's going to be a little bit – but when you think about the mentality of football that we've had at Nebraska those last – just call it the last 10 years. Yes. What have you saw in that and you being a mentality expert, what does that mean? We're going to do that. Well, We're going to do – uh-uh. We're going to do all that and more when we okay. come back. It's the ticket, 93.7, the captain. Okay.
that still give you goosebumps? Yeah. Yeah, I, that's listen. I can just listen to that over and over again. No doubt. When I'm focusing man, on close, anything in its own. I close my eyes, man, and I can still remember that, man. I still can feel it like it was yesterday. When we walked to them doors, man, it was just on another level, man. I, you know, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even feel my body, man. I couldn't even feel my feet until after kickoff from hearing that. That electric. That electric. To this day, I don't care how many times I hear it, when I hear it, it stops me in my tracks. Yeah. And then I went and did a little investigation Guess what other super team played that song when they came out? Wait, that's a question. Rico, what other super team played, played that? Chicago Bulls. Oh, gosh. Cut his own mic. Cut your own mic, Rico. He's right. Chicago Bulls played the exact same song. Yeah. So they had their run going the same time we had our run going. Dallas Cowboys had a run going. There were some runs going in that day. But that I think yep. that whatever that beat is, wherever it came from, I know I know who it is. But that whoever said we were gonna have them come out to that particular song was a genius. I would love to know who where that came from. I agree. Mentality expert, what is it? Yes, sir. You know it's 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 a lifestyle, man. It's so many times you know we we have these visions and. You know, we want to be something. Well, let's be it. Let's live it. You know, you you really got to be relentless on finding your purpose in life, man. We got to be relentless. I'm talking about relentless. When other people sleeping, man, I'm I'm up thinking. You, you know what I mean? It's I, it's always something positive about the situation. It just depends on your view, your viewpoint. The one thing Listen, we weren't born to be athletes, okay? Say that again. We weren't what? We weren't born to be average. And I don't, you don't know one person in this world, parents named them average. Do the research. We weren't born to be average. We just got to have that, that mentality, that mind, turning out your mindset into your mentality. The things you want to do, do them. Do them every day. Don't want to live a certain way. Live a certain way. You control that. You control your attitude and your work ethic controls your future and that's got to be the mentality so that's the, what they need to bring back yeah if, if it doesn't matter what you're doing you can be a, a, a janitor you can be a bus you can be just about anything and i'm gonna t- touch on this a little bit when we dig a little bit deeper in our old Rashawn jackson's life but no matter what you do in life if you don't do just don't do more than just getting by the average person is going to be – I always ask the question, do you want to be good or do you want to be great? And most athletes say, I want to be great. And I say, the great ones do what the good ones won't do. See, the good ones go to practice. The good ones are going to class. The great ones are doing both of those, and they're actually going to work out afterwards. They're getting up early in the morning and working out. They're making sure that they take care of their bodies. They're making sure that what they put into their bodies is what they're going to get out. You are what you eat. I would break fast, breakfast, break fast, break it down in two words. But being a mentality expert, what has been the toughest things 
about breaking someone's mentality and helping them to, to, to have the right mentality? Well, you know, getting people to believe in themselves, um, getting people to stop worrying about um, somebody, what somebody else thinks. Listen, your, your vision is your vision for a reason. No one else is going to understand your vision because it's not there. You got to be relentless and understand that, listen, you're going to get some, scra- some scratches. You're going to get scraped up. It's just that simple. That's part of the process. But you got to love the reward of the work ethic. You know, people want to hold a trophy. You know, you look at a lot of people, man, at the end of the game, or when they went to him, says, guys want to hold a trophy. Well, what did you do the days before to deserve to hold that trophy? Mm. That's, that, you that's, know? That's, that's, that's the $52,000 question right there. That if yeah, most, what if, are you if, doing if, when the lights go out? Mm. What you do when you no know, one's we, watching is who you really are. Exactly. We Listen, what, what, what we accept defines us. Do we accept being second place? There's no such thing as second place. What's second place? Okay. Do you, you kick know, you kick the field goal? Nineteen eighty three? You kick the field goal or you go for or you kick the extra point or do you do you go for two? Go for two every day, all day. Dang. It's a you know consensus. why? Because you play to win. Got to that situation. Ain't no question. We listen, it's a win win deal. We're we not got playing for a tie. Off of what we did. Come on now. I've changed back to what I used to be. But the, the older guy in me says, go ahead and kick the extra point and, and get out of there with the win. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you, you still would have been champions. But, you know, winners don't want to tie. Exactly. Winners want it all or nothing. We go to the Sider Heyman text line, 464-5685. Uh, of course, the Mississippi Mud Dog agrees with me with the, the the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls. Bryce says, "VJ, are you in favor of fans having visibility to the pregame prayer before exiting the locker room or the tunnel walk? That'll be a big negative to me because I feel like that is sacred." I was I was a little bit sideways to know that people were trying to make money off of the prayer, that yes. that uh, now you hear little leagues doing it, and I, I mean I just thought that that was something that was sacred to Nebraska football players. When we yeah. when we go through, dear Lord in the bowels, we go through life. We ask for chances fair, chance to equal all your stripe, a chance to do it a dare. When we go through that type stuff, if we should win, we stand by the code. It, when we go through day by day, getting better and better, team that can't be beat won't be, won't beat. be beat. When we go through <laughs> stuff like that, man, you know, to me that is – that's a brotherhood statement. Exactly. Because we're that, all that, saying exactly. right? Yep. You know, so I, I, I don't know, Bryce, if, if I'm with that. Now, if we were winning, and maybe – to do it now, I you know I I, I don't know I, I I might change my mind a little bit later, but right now I'm gonna say a big fat no, big fat no. I I agree. That's, yeah. That should be sacred. Should be sacred. That's when when we used to do that, it would be right after Coach Osborne called everybody up. Coach gave us what he wanted us to do, how he wanted us to do it. We took, we kneeled, we said the Lord's prayer. And then coaches said, coach said, everybody out but the players. 
Okay? So everybody was gone out of the locker room except us. Yeah. And then that was the time that the captains, and so I'll speak in my case, in 1997 we had Aaron Taylor would go first, and then uh, Grant Winstrom would go, and then OVJ Jackson would go, and then Jason Peter would, would go ahead and get his crunk and take us out. So I, I, I don't know. We'll get to your texts. We'll get to your texts. On the Sider Heyman text line, 464-5685-7307, we will find the name and so you can make it your ringtone. Bryson will be right back at you. I'm, I'm speaking with my buddy, my friend, Keith Mercer, the captain, the ticket, 93.7. This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me, sure. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Ah, yeah! Go for that. Yeah. Nah. Yes. That's what I be telling people all the time. I can't go for that. That's what I try to tell Bryce. I can't go for that, Bryce. But you know what, Bryce? You make sense now. See, you got to be willing to change when someone brings something that makes sense. Bryce says, but the prayer is something fans know by heart, which I don't know about that, and can recite along with the team and get the fans engaged and show the opposing team that we are one. Mm. I kind of like that. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know what I'm saying? We start, could you imagine 90,000 people saying the prayer and then at the end say a team that can't be beat won't be beat? Oh, Bryce. Bryce, you Bryce. You might be on to something, Bryce. We might have to, You might have to go to, to Trev and just say, hey, Trev, this is our idea. Because that – that's a pretty good idea. Put a patent on it. I, I like I, I like it, man. It. The entire if we're gonna do it, let's let's do it by the state. Then let's get it done. Be known for just like at the Chiefs when I play for the Chiefs and they and they they do the national anthem and they say home of the brave. They don't say home of the brave. They say home of the Chiefs. So I kind of like that, Bryce. Thanks, buddy. Four two zero two says this this new segment is freaking awesome. I don't know what segment that would be, but uh, I appreciate that. I, I, I mean, I get, we try to do a little bit of something new every day so it just won't be stale and you keep going and doing the same thing over and over again. And all of a sudden, you got Groundhog Day. 
So I I know that. Do you know that movie? You, Keith, do you know Groundhog Day? You remember that movie? Yes, of course. Nick. Savvy Chase. Yeah, Nick has no clue. I forgot he's only 20. Nick, and, and, and look, look, Keith, you know, when you talk about a mentality expert, I thought that I had Nick on the right mentality. He was doing push-ups with me every day. He was feeling himself. His body was getting better. And then last week hit, he had some adversity with work, meaning he had some extra work he had to get done. Then all of a sudden he quit on me. He's like 700 push-ups down, 725 to be exact. Now, I did this last week, Nick. And, see, I messed up, Keith, because instead of me holding his doggone feet to the fire, I did what parents of today do with their kids. Because their kid whines and, no, I don't want to do it. Even though we know what's best for them, sometimes we turn a blind eye to the you-know-what. And, and give him a pass. And we give him a pass, not knowing that it, that not knowing that he was going to take that pass that I gave him at 125 and turn that to 725. <laughs> well, you got to say for yourself, Nick. He don't even want to get on the mic. That, that's what I'm saying. No, everything you say is accurate. Okay. Well, we got to get back on the bus and ride. You do, we do. I was also just eating my lunch, See, so I didn't want to do listen, push-ups during my lunch break. The world is paved with excuses. <laughs> okay? Yes. So yep. we're not going to make that excuse. We're going to get back on the bus, okay? The next segment, we got, a, we got what, 40, 50 minutes. 50 minutes to get 100 push-ups in. Now, if we don't get them in, guess what? I'm not mad at it, but at least you made an effort. So if you only get there 50, go. I'm good with that. I will try. <sighs> Keith tr- is trying try- good enough. No, no, no. Try to get 100. Oh, okay, okay. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, Nick, but, but, how about this, man? No, I'll do it. I just I said I'll do it. I got him, too. How about that? I'll get him, too. All right. I, that's fine. See? I'm, it's I, infectious. I just, Bryce, see. you owe us 100 push-ups, Bryce, because I know you'll get after it. And if you can't do regular push-ups, they're not girl push-ups. They're, they're, they're help your back push-ups when you put your knees down and go. And then what as far can, as – Where you can, when you can. That's cor- it. Correct. Uh, seven but three. y'all – so what is it? Is it a hundred? So if, if they're doing a hundred, then I'm gonna do a hundred and ten. Yeah, it's a hundred. It's a hundred push-ups a day when we're on the okay, air. Okay, well I'll do I'll do hundred and ten. Okay, so so seven three zero seven says, "What's the name of that song? I can't find it. I want to make it my ringtone. It's the Alan Parsons Project. Serious. Okay, Alan Parsons Project. Serious. I think I'm gonna change my ringtone to that too. I think that'd be sweet." I wonder if they're charging them. You know, this this in this climate, anything you do on the phone now is a charge. You know what, Keith? We talked about this. Have the if the kids, me and Aaron Davis, shout out to Aaron Davis. If the yes, kids sir, of today and the parents who have these cell phones, these TVs that are tied that we sleep with, that we go to the bathroom with. That we do everything with our cell phones. If the kids of today put the same effort in to whatever sport they're doing, like they did on the cell phones, the time, the video games that they spend two, three hours playing, if we put that type of work and that type of time and we gave our time to being great, how great would we become? Oh, man. Listen, it'll be another level. It wouldn't. Matter of fact, they haven't even created a word for it yet. Mm. 
That's that's the commitment we gotta have. We gotta have commitment like Bryce. Bryce said, "VJ, did you say I owe you a hundred push-ups? I give you one twenty-five." Man, man, Bryce, look, man, you gotta, man, you have, you know, you know, some people just have, they got passes. Bryce, you got a pass, buddy. Anytime you want to respond, Bryce, bring it. Expert mentality, mentality expert. What do you say to a young athlete who might not be as gifted of an athlete as the next person they're competing about? How do you get them to compete at a level where they can win? Let me let me let me be clear with this one. It's not the skill of a man; it's the will of a man. Your work ethic is what will get you over the top. You got people that have skill set, but they can't go past their skill set. So it's the will of a person, not the skill of a person, that will get you over the hump. Now, you got to motivate them and find what motivates you. Something moves you. It's just a matter of establishing a relationship and finding out what that is. Figuring out relationships. When you're recruiting, how important is building that rapport with family and coaches? It's very important because here's here's the thing. It's very important from the standpoint of this. You're going into into someone's living room and you're basically saying, uh, asking them for permission to turn your young man into a man. You're basically saying, well, I want to help develop their growth as a man is what you're saying. So you have to establish that relationship and understand where the parents come from, what's the kid's background, what motivates them. You know, what are some of the shortcomings? But when those things come up, you're able to stay ahead of it. And I think that's one of the things that are lost in today's recruiting game. We're recruiting stars, not people. Not players. Yes. You know, not, yes. we're not recruiting football players because – in the in when you talk to all the great football coaches and all you got to do is watch professional or college Wandell Robinson is not that big nope. there's a lot of guys out there that's not that big that play big but they're not big and we got to stop looking at because the team they come from a 5A or 6A school that's that's known for putting out Division One, and they're going to give them three stars for that alone. And the kid scored 20 yeah. touchdowns. They give him another two-star. Now he's a five-star. Not that five-stars don't count, but when you're in this climate where now it's about the money and the NIL and, and all that type of things and, the, you know, the transfer portal, you have to do a good job of selling. Yeah. We got to sell the school and sell the sizzle. You have to be relatable. You have to be relatable. I mean, it's just that simple. You need to get people around you that are relatable so that they can foreshadow and see something that if things ain't right, but to also keep this generation motivated. Because they want to win, but they don't know how to win. They don't know how to win They don't know what that process is. Right. But they want it. And I think once they start, it's all it's going to take is them to win two games in a row. Yeah. And 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 their mentality 
will change. I can see us if we gel, if we find we've got enough keys and, and parts in the skill position area. We have to find a cohesive group up front in order to dominate the line of scrimmage, in order to probably I, – I mean, there's no reason for us not to run the tables. I don't care if we play Wisconsin. There's no reason for us not to run the tables next year and and be into the Big Ten championship game and maybe get ourselves into, to uh, you know, maybe in that top four and, and be able to go to the playoffs. Uh, 6153 says, it doesn't matter how many push-ups you do. It matters how well you do them. 20 good push-ups – Beats 100 bad push-ups every day. And you'll just end up jacking up your shoulders and elbows if you do them badly. Well, 6153, you give me 20 push-up, twenty good push-ups every day for the, for the next five days. So Monday through Friday when I'm on the air, I need 20 good push-ups out of 6153. Okay? 6153, you owe me 20 good push-ups. Okay? 3329 says winning two games in a row against decent – Competition, not FCF teams. Yeah, I, I no, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying when you win two, you can win three. When you win three, you can win four. When you win four, it sets you up for the FCS competition that we're talking about. Three, three, two, nine. I love calling numbers now. Don't even don't even put your name except for Bryce. Everybody else just just put your number. And I'm just gonna say three, three, two, nine. You know who I'm talking to. So, Keith. Yeah. The mentality of Nebraska football right now versus – that's kind of a bad question. So, I don't, I don't even want to – because it doesn't matter what we did back then. It, what matters is what it takes to get it to right the ship now. You're a mentality yeah. expert. What type of mentality do the coaches and the team have, have to have in order to string six games in a row? Well, you, you know, it starts with the uh, with the believing in the process, um, getting getting the athletes to buy in, um, getting the coaches to buy in to the bigger picture. People understanding that you need role players. Everybody, it's one football. Okay, it's eleven people on the team, eleven players on the team at once. It's only one football, so everybody has to buy into their role. Listen, win your individual battle. It, get back to basics. Win your individual battle. It's just that simple. When we play, we can look at the guy next to us and not want to let him down. You know, that's what it comes down to. Win your individual battle. Win your victory every play. If you win your individual battle every every play, you will win. Listen, it don't matter what the play calling is. Every play is successful if 11 people work together. Yeah, and and I like what you said about winning the battles because – in every play, there's eleven battles. Yeah, there, you're eleven guys are responsible to do something. And if yeah. they, and if we can win more than we lose, we'll win the game. Exactly. But, but now that's going to take a hundred and ten percent effort. Now. That's going to take effort, and then you got to, like you said, you got to win one game to win two games. You know what I mean? You got to take a step to take a two steps. Yeah, I don't, have we put three games in a row? No, have we put three games in a row together yet? I don't, I don't think so. We got to get back to basics, okay? When you when when control your controllables, right? 
You control your work ethic. You control your attitude. I mean, in four four years, have we put three games together? Nick, have we you, – you you know that stat? Okay. I got to look that up. I don't think we've put a three-game win streak together in no, a while. No, I'm saying under Scott Frost, we have not won more than – or we have not won three games in a row. We have not won three games no. in a row. I don't know if we did it under Raleigh. We might have. Well, yes, we did seven. because we started that we, – well, we started that whole season 7-0 and or whatever in 19 – Okay. Okay. Or not in nineteen. Um, in in twenty seventeen, I believe. Okay. Okay. Well, when we had the nine win season, you got to put you got to put your your right foot in front of the left foot. Don't matter how which one you put first, you got to put that and you got to start walking. So you got to you got to you got to crawl, then you walk, then you run. So cr- crawling yeah. is we beat the teams that we're supposed to smash. We smash them. We don't just beat them. We smash them. And then yeah. when we get into the games, when we're playing the bottom of the barrel, Big Ten teams, we beat those guys. And then that sets us up for when we get into the meat and potatoes of the Big Ten. We know how to win. We know what it takes. And we've gotten better week to week so that by the time we get to week five, week six, week seven, and we start playing some of these tougher teams, we can, we can, we can beat them and we're ready for the challenge. No question. What is when you're training a kid? What is the biggest hangup you have with with training a kid, and how do you change it? Um, you know, I I, I guess I don't I, I don't see hangups. I just see um, development. I think that. You really have to define what you're trying to accomplish. I think you got to really get them to buy in and um, the big picture of what they're looking for. Understand they try to get them to understand the importance of intentional learning. Um, and you just got to just work ethic alone. You're in the 70 percentile of being successful just off of your work ethic. Well, I think you, you really need to establish that relationship to see what what that purpose is for them um, on, and then how to get there. You know, but you, again, you got to be relentless on developing that, turning your mindset into your mentality. Uh, 2672 says, when Frost says he can't make the players do what they're supposed to do, the players do. Does the coach really have no power? The players do whatever the coaches uh, are. It says the players do whatever, and the coaches' hands are tied. Question mark. You want to take a stab at that, or you want me to? Because I, because I'm ready. I'm, I'm locked and loaded over here. I, listen, I don't. There, there's a, a chain of command. Okay. I mean, let's let's just let's just say that. Um, it's it's listen. It starts from the top. So there's no excuse to um, players having any juice to do anything. I mean, at the end of the day, we chose them to come to our university, and they need to know why they chose to come to our university was to work hard, to work for a national championship. The end means national championship. So you got to work to get there. And as a coach, I don't care if I'm a little league coach, big-time coach, High school coach, professional coach, at the end of the day, I'm responsible. And my what I would say to my players in the room 
is I'm responsible for the development of you. You're not going to always like what I tell you, but later on, same thing I tell my kids, later on you will understand. And so, you know, I, I think the coaches have to take more responsibility for the kids that they're responsible for, and then you have to build leaders within that room who will take yeah. ownership of the room and then police themselves. But you got to find your one guy. You got to find that Keith Mercer. You got to find that leader who is able to lead his comrades, his peers, to do what the coach is asking him to do. So is it the majority on the coaches? I think so. But there's also solace on the players once the coach has taught one guy. If you get one guy that believes – into what you believe and how you believe, and he's willing to work the way you ask him to work. You got to pour into that one guy, and then that one guy has to be a guy who's able to call other guys. Yes. And leaders breed leaders. You got to be willing to develop that also, but you got to open the door for that to happen. But again, that's part of that recruiting process when you first get there. You know what I mean? This is this is the way we want things to be done. Period. Is it what made coach? You know what? We'll, we, we're going to we, think about this question, and when we come back off a break, we're going to talk about this. What made Coach Osborne great in your book? It's the captain, the ticket, 93.7. against the world it's not me against the world it's me and my teammates against the world every dog day there's a brighter day dang tmz too so let me see what you said about this uh uh keith do all defensive starters deserve a black shirt if the team has a losing record you want me to ask that you gonna answer y'all you answer it you know, I I think that again that's that's part of the tradition and it has nothing to do with wins and losses. I think that's just part of that tradition of being a black shirt. You know, if you a starter and, and also we had guys other guys as well that's considered starters that have black shirts. So that's more of a tradition thing, not a wins and loss thing. Well, but you ask a black shirt, it's a different story. I don't know. I kind of – TMZ, too, I kind of I kind of think they have to get back to earning it. I think that – I know we want to give it out to the starting black – to the starting defense, but, yeah. you know, I think that, that, you know, if they start off with a yellow shirt and you earn your way to a black shirt, you'll have better competition. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you start out a gold shirt. After you you show us what you can do after a couple of weeks, or you might you might show you might show your your worth in two days, and then you get your black shirt. But you earned it. They didn't give yeah. you anything. You earned yeah. that. 
you know, and, and just hearing Erwin Sweeney and some of the black shirts that we had on here talk about earning those black shirts and, and, and Coach McBride yeah. coming and giving them those black shirts, man, I, that, that's something that's got to be earned. It can't be given. Because I don't know any black shirt that feels like that the ones that I know, okay, that feels yeah. like, hey, I was just given a black shirt. I didn't deserve it. No, not at all. I mean, you know, during our era of being there, it was something that you, you definitely earned. And it was sacred. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's supposed to and, be. It's supposed to be sacred. It's supposed to mean something. It's supposed to go a little bit yeah. deeper than just saying it's a black shirt. It's supposed to say black shirts. To me, when I think about the black shirts that I went against and 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 how relentless they were in practice and how they didn't care two cents on what I thought. They didn't brother-in-law. It was never a brother-in-law situation. It was, we are the black shirts. We're here to do a job. That's to be the best defense in the country. And you're, you are trying to help us be that. And they, I, I think they, they encouraged us to go hard. No doubt. You know, we, we didn't know, we didn't know what not going hard was. It's not like, this generation where you got to tell them, okay, we need to go hard. No, we was live. Period. Let's go. Let's do it. What is who you training? What are you doing? What what if, if somebody if somebody wanted to have a kid train with you? Uh, what do they do? Um, I have a website. Uh, you can go to mercerelite.com. Spell that for us, Mercer. M e r c e r e l i t e dot com um, or you can just google my name and it'll come up um, again I'm also a motivational speaker um, again I, I talk to corporations schools um, all over the country about um, having that positive mindset and that how to become a leader you know I'm also teaching a leadership class in the schools so it's just all about Work ethic and having that mindset of believing in yourself. You got to believe in yourself. You got to be your best cheerleader. Period. What's when they when they say hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard? How do you define that? Well, I mean, listen. At the end of the day, that's a mentality. You got to be willing to when your feet hit the ground to outwork that next person. You got to be willing to work hard as opposed to, you know, we have this thing now about, like you said earlier, size and, you know, the measurables. But this is football. Bring in football players, not people that measure good or that test good. Testing is one thing, but you can tell a lot about a person when they strap it up. You all, we got all these these seven on seven. I mean, I mean, (laughs) great. But when you put them pads on, then what? You know what I mean? You got to be willing to work hard. You got to outwork everybody. You know how it was when we was there. I mean, you had guys on scout team that would have started at other universities. But that, but that, that Husker red bled so deep that you don't want to go nowhere. You're, you feel like you are a part of something great. And you're going to give everything you can. And, and that's the one thing I take my hat off to yourself, yeah. Aaron Davis, Jay Gates, um, all the players that play scout team and did not, didn't waver, didn't say, we wouldn't have, we would not have been great 
myself, you know, being two years on scholar. I was a scholarship guy and was on two years on scout team, which normally you're on there for one, then you go. But I was a scholarship guy. So to have the mentality to get your teeth kicked in and and still come back to fight the next day, uh, I take my hat off to all those other guys that are unsung heroes of Nebraska football. We We hear about the big names. But the big names would not be big names without the small names that you never hear about the others. Yes, sir. And I think that's a great segment going into what makes Coach Osborne great. And I think it was his people skills. I think he understood people. He understood how to motivate and inspire people. Does his motivation in inspiring people transcend time? Listen, ain't no question. I think it's it's all about people, man. I mean, any successful coach, uh, leader, you understand people. You know how to relate to people. And if you don't, you get people around you that can help you relate to people. Yeah, it, always willing to learn. Always willing to learn. That's a that's a really good. We, we can never stop learning. We got to continue to get better no matter what life pitfalls life throws at us. You got to pick yourself up, dust yourself back off, figure out what's the next game plan, put a plan together, execute the plan, make sure that you, you, you are staying true to the plan that you came up with. Yeah. Augie says, hey, VJ, what up? What's up, big Augie? Ask Killer if he can come speak to the Huskers. They could use it. Listen, anytime. Anytime. Aggie, you got an in? You got an in that, that he, he can make a phone call and get down there and talk to the team? If you do, let us know, Aggie. Give us a, give us some information, and we'll make it happen. I'm quite sure I'm quite sure the captain and, and Kill can make it happen. Without a doubt. Talking to Killer Keith Mercer. Um, former Husker, and now a elite athletic trainer of of all types of different sports. If you're interested, what's the website again? They can they can hit Keith Mer- MercerElite.com. Mercer Mercer Elite dot com. Get if you are interested in having Keith give you an assessment. And you're talking about the mentality and, and being a mentality expert and helping. Uh, I think it'll be pretty good. I think it'll be pretty good for your your, your athlete if he got with uh, Keith Mercer because he is one of the best trainers uh, around in a long time. And he, and, and he has the heart to do it. It's just not about money. It's not about – it's about can I see your particular athlete develop into a college football, basketball, track, uh, softball, volleyball, whatever type of player that is, the training that Keith gives will help him. In, it doesn't matter the sport. It's universal. Yeah. Life skill. What's the first thing you start training at? Like, if, Let's just say my, my, my son came to you. He's, he's green. He doesn't know very much. Hadn't played sports. He's 12 years old. What's the first thing you do? Uh, at 12 years old, the first thing is your foundation, which is your footwork. Um, again, being comfortable in the skin that you're in. Uh, you get a lot of um, trainers that they just train one specific way. No, I train your body type. 
So it, the first thing will be footwork. Remember, speed kills. Everybody can't be 6'5", 300 pounds, okay? What about the smaller guys? You know, you see some systems, if you're not 6'5", 300, you don't get recruited. So work with what you, what you got. Um, the mentality part starts from day one, um, getting you to believe in yourself. Um, small gains, little gains turns into big gains. Big gains turns into anything you want in this world. And then it all transfers into a life skill. You get out of life what you put into it. What's your, that. What's your go-to universal What's one of your go-to universal workouts? Like, for me, I'm going to put – everybody that I deal with is going to do jump squats. Okay. They're, they're, um, you, you, you know, for me, it's speed. For me, it's um, – you know, you got to straighten before you strengthen. Um, making sure that you're doing everything the proper way. You're doing everything at the proper angle. You know, it's one thing to – you know, you hear a lot of people say, well, a lot of strength trainers say, well, I need to see you in the gym. I need to see you in the gym. Well, being in the gym don't guarantee you a good workout. I mean, you need to have, you know, develop a process. You need to develop a, a plan. Um, and, again, getting to know that person, what, what motivates them. You know, I know every one of my athletes, I know what makes them laugh, what makes them cry, what makes them happy. I know some part of in their life that, wasn't good and I use that motivation to help um, build on what you already have what what is the key to a young mind developing over time so you have a kid that starts with you at 12. Yeah. What would you like to see out of him at 15? You know, um, it comes in with being a good listener, being able to understand what you can do, um, being able to be respectful, being able to be on time, and just giving everything that you have. When all you know is working hard, then that's all you know. You know, you control you. You control your work ethic and your attitude. As you always say, BJ, control your controllables. Well, that's what you can control. Control the controllables. The things that you Continue. can control, you control them. I can't yeah. control Nick. I can't make Nick do push-ups. <laughs> I can't. I can, I can ask him. I can beg with him. I can plead with him. But I can't control him because he's his own guy. But what I can control on the, the flip side is I can get my big butt down and do some push-ups. And then he can see me not give up, lead by example. See? Go on, turn it up. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. He didn't lose the will to, to, to he, he lost the will to do push-ups. <laughs> Perfect timing. But, my, my, you know, a lot of times we just need a little bit of umph. But when you control the controllables, turn down it. When you control the, the, the controllables, you do what you're supposed to do. 
and hope that yeah. can be infectious. And if you can get a person, because iron sharpens iron, and and you yeah. guys can push each other to the to the top, I think that's that's optimal of what you want when you're an athlete. Yeah, you can actually control your victories by what you do during the week before the game comes. So when people understand that, it's like, wow, you know, you're right. You control your victory on Monday for Saturday's game, believe it or not. So if everybody can think like that, I control my victory. Nice. What's what's? If, I mean, if you had to, if you had five minutes with an athlete, what would you tell them? You know, I would just tell them I, you know, I'm gonna be honest. I'm I'm blatantly honest with you. Um, well, I mean, well, what does that entail? You can't play, just by the way. And you got a lot well, of work I'm, to do. <laughs> well, I mean, it just let's take it one step at a time. Let's build on what you have. I need to get you to believe in yourself. And, and give me work ethic. You, if you give me a good work ethic, there's no limit. We used to say sky's the limit. No, it's not. We can go past the sky now. I mean, I'm living proof of it. <laughs> I'm living proof of it, of what a good mindset can do for you. You know, we choose our own viewpoint. Remember that. We can choose to see the negative or we can choose to see the positive. But everything is an opportunity to grow. How important you- – was the older guys to your development, to teaching oh you the ropes? Man, you know I can you know I can remember times, man, where honestly, we had former Huskers at practice, and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to let them guys down. You know, that's what that's the thing that I think is lost now, man. We had that open door policy, where if guys was in town, they would come to practice, but they would talk to us and they was accessible to us. You know, it was almost like passing a torch. So, you know, I don't, I, I just don't know that that's still a thing. What you know about this? Turn it up, Nick. About time you're doing some work, Nick. It's about time. Most of the time, Nick just sitting over there looking at me talk. You remember this song, though, okay? oh, That's my joint, Miami Vice. Oh, the reason why. Come on, man. Phil Collins, man. If you if you can't get hype to Phil Collins, you can't get hype to anything. That was my joint, man. Miami Vice, baby. <laughs> I can come in in the air. Hey, listen. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. I think Nebraska football is going to do some great things. When we get back, we're gonna end our we're gonna we're gonna end our last segment with Keith Mercer and just kind of dig deep and have him give his special message to Husker Nation, the captain, the ticket, 93.7. Back with Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 the ticket and the ticketfm.com. Money. Money, 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 money. You know I'm playing that, don't you, Kill? Uh-huh. NIL, baby. <laughs> well, what would we have been doing if the NIL was around? Oh, my God. What do you think about the NIL? In a, in a nutshell, we only got five minutes, so we want to make sure we get to to let you let you not have a rant, but tell us what we need to know. But what do you think about the NIL? 
you know, I, I think the NIL is, is a good thing. I think there's pros and cons, but I also think that with all the exploitation that goes on in college football, I think it's, it's good where the players can earn a little bit um, because, again, one day you're going to have to put the ball down. Then what? Mm. Yeah, then that part. Then what? Because you're gonna no, you're gonna put that ball down a lot longer than you're gonna pick it up. Exactly. Yes, I think it helps start you know into having that business mindset. Um, yeah, as opposed to now the athletes actually have more um, incentive to finish what they started, so to speak. I, I always think that, again, I'll not stop saying this. I'm going to say it 365 days a year. So if I'm on the radio for 300 of those, I'm going to say it 300. I think that the NIL should be a program that they say, okay, we're going to give you, I'm just using this as a ballpark, 50 grand. Your 50 grand is going to go into an account. You can get 10% or 20% of that money now, but the rest of it goes into an account. And when you graduate or which I would almost tie it to graduating. But when you yep. leave here, because if you come out early, you still deserve your money, you get the money. You got yep. a little nest egg to start your life just in case. For the guys, because it's only 3%, maybe 1% per team, but 3% are going on to the NFL, which is small when you think there's 10,000 football players. Yeah. You know, so – I think we have to we, we, we gotta reconsider and we gotta relook at this whole NIL deal and 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 tie it to performance. If if you're gonna have it, tie it to performance, not just let it go. I agree. Keith, got about you got you got two minutes. Husker fans, what you telling them? You know, I'll and I'll say this to the whole Husker Nation. I'll go with, with my model we weren't born to be average. At birth, we were all given the best power in the world, and that's the power of belief. It's the best power of the world. Belief breeds confidence. Confidence breeds success. We need to get back to old school, hardworking, good communication, determination, and make it happen. You know, we got to hold people accountable, but we got to make it happen. We got to get back to working hard. We need a little bit of the old school with a little bit of the new school. I mean, that's what everybody else do. And they're successful right? But we it. need to develop champions. Understand champions aren't born. You aren't born and they say, oh, he's a champion. No. It's the developmental process. Get people in place that can help develop these champions. That can bring that special power that everybody has in their body. One more time, Keith, if they want to uh, get use your services, um, what, what what's the website again? MercerElite.com. It's uh, Mercer, M-E-R-C-E-R-E-L-I-T-E.com. Or you can reach me on, if you just Google my name, it'll come up. Um, all my social media platform, platforms, uh, please follow me. I do a, um, a morning Word of the day, positive word of the day to get your day started. How do they follow you? Um, um, on my, just look up uh, Mercer Elite. It's just Mercer Elite. Okay. I thought on Instagram and, and on uh, Twitter, Facebook. 
um, anything. It's all about positivity. I don't see negative situations. I see positive remotivation. If I can inspire or empower you to have to be the best you can do, please reach out to me. Come on, man. Y'all heard it. Keith Mercer. Keith, I'm definitely going to have you come back. I appreciate all your hard work out there in the community. Turn it up a little bit, Nick. We're going to take us out with a little music. I, I, I appreciate your hard work. I appreciate. Thanks, Nick, for, for producing the show. I know I'm a little bit, you know, anal at times, but I appreciate you being here and, <laughs> and teaching me the ropes a little bit. Again, Keith, appreciate you, man. Keith Mercer. Mike Booker, Prince of Mucamara, Baron Miles, Fonzo Denard, Abdul Muhammad's tomorrow, Tyrone Williams next Friday. Don't miss it. The ticket, 93.7, the captain. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.